Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Comedy Alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we do every day. From the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not visit the Obama White House at least 36 times between 2009 and 2016. Don't be thick, all right? No, I'm just being honest. I didn't show up, but Eric Schwerin did. He is the money guy in the Hunter Biden business escapade that's unraveling before the Biden's eyes. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We're going to get into some new bombshell revelations that came out a little while ago, just a few hours back. We're also going to talk about the 2024 election and the latest batch of accusations against Donald Trump. It was made up by these sick people. It's a food fight today. Throw on your poncho. Come on down. 888-788-9910. It's a show that has the same rule every dang day. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. It does not matter. Not an activist. I'm a talk show host. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just do not, under any circumstances, be a There it is. Happy Tuesday. Uh, If you checked out my Fox Nation documentary, which is now streaming, uh, this is for you. (laughs) We've actually gotten some pretty good reviews, so thank you. Thank you for everybody who's taken the time to weigh in on that. Uh, I am just, like, out of breath on my way here because I received a very flattering email from a high-ranking executive saying it was the best thing they've ever seen on Fox Nation. How about that? Now the bar's low. I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the point is, it was a, a big win uh, for your radio buddy to get one of those in and to have it go over as well as it has. So for everybody who's been a part of this, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a big deal. If you didn't see it, Moon Landing, fact or fiction, it is now streaming. You can get it on Fox Nation uh, immediately and check it out and message me on Facebook, on the Fox Across America Facebook page. You can hit me up Twitter and uh, anything you want to say, good, bad, questions, comments, conspiracy theories, I don't care. Okay, you could be one of the people who thinks we faked the moon landing, or you could be one of those idiots who thinks we actually went to the moon. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm just being silly. But we discussed it last night on Jesse Waters' primetime. Uh, tonight we will be discussing it further with Laura Ingram uh, in the 7 p.m. hour. So if you want to check out those hits, go ahead and give your radio buddy the TV ratings. No, Lord knows I need him in this wardrobe. Uh, but right now, not about me. Let's get into it. Eric Schwerin, check this one out. This is a fascinating story. We've been covering this Hunter thing. And uh, what you're noticing is a minimal, a minimal amount of media outlets are starting to pay attention to this story. Why? Because Joe and Kamala running again, it's very much like the wedding you've been to, where no one in the church thinks this couple should be getting married. 
yeah, real, well, these two, seriously, like nobody's going to say anything. Uh, that's where we are. Them running for re-election as the lowest rated administration, incumbent administration in the history of the country. We've never had an incumbent seek re-election with a lower approval rating than the one Joe Biden has. Tell him like it is. Okay, Kamala Harris is right there with him, ranking as poorly as he is. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! Knowing that to be the case, people are starting to acknowledge. I mean, it's still mainly Fox and right-wing outlets leading the way, but let me read this for you. Eric Schwerin, he visited the Obama White House and then Vice President Biden's residence at least 36 times between 2009 and 2016. I don't remember that ever happening. Now, he probably doesn't, but they have logs that actually show who's been there. Schwering was the founding partner, managing director of Hunter's now dissolved firm Rosemont Seneca Partners when he was appointed by then President Obama to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. That's Use your common sense. So the guy who is helping Hunter and Devin Archer sell access to our government is given a position. It was an independent U.S. government agency to sell our heritage abroad. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But really think about that for a second. Was he selling our heritage? Absolutely. Uh, Was he giving the money back to the government? The answer would be no. No, they were selling access through Joe Biden. So let me give you some of the reports. This is Hunter, okay, in an email that was just obtained. It was sent on March 13th, 2015. So this is in the thick of it, in that seven-year window in which he was in and out of the White House 36 times. Eric asked for one of these positions the day after the election in 2008, meaning he wanted a job. The number of Schwerin's visits to the White House could be much higher than 36 if any of his meetings fell under its involuntary disclosure policy, exception of purely personal guests, due to his handling of the Biden family's personal finances. So you understand a guy who's handling the, the Biden's personal finances gets appointed to a job by Barack Obama. That's not right. But can you see why Obama's DOJ did so much to cut a sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden? Okay, can you see why they worked so hard to bury the laptop? It's because not only does the laptop implicate Hunter, which obviously ties him to Biden, but it points the finger right back to Barack Obama. Oh, wow! I have no idea what Obama knew or didn't know, to be very clear. I just know this was all happening in his White House under his watch. And, you know, let's just be reasonable for a second here. There is no world where a Republican president has a son-selling interest overseas, appoints that son's business partner to a position in the administration, has him in and out of the administration uh, 36 times, and the media isn't absolutely losing their minds. He knows what he's talking about. The story of the century. Okay, as it should be right now, you've got multiple presidents interacting with guys selling interest in our government. Now, again, I'm not saying they're compromised. They're sure behaving like they are. Why do you go out of your way to destroy Hunter's laptop? Why do you go out of your way to deny Freedom of Information Act requests? Why do you go out of your way to issue a plea deal that would absolve him of crimes 
unrelated to the plea deal. I think he's got a point. Okay, there's no reason to do all that concealing work if you don't have a few blemishes to cover up. Correct the mundo. Think about this. It's very simple stuff. Okay, if Hunter's not doing anything wrong, the laptop surfaces and you go, eh, what do you want? Kid's a little bit of a weirdo. Sure, we saw the pictures too. So many packages, I felt like I was on a women's swim team. What the hell did you just say? Okay, you say those things. Yeah, no, it's nuts. He's naked all the time. Guy's smoking crack. It's a mess. And you just let it come out. Yeah, guy's got a problem with addiction. Who doesn't know somebody with one of those? And it's not a big deal. But they didn't go to the lengths they did to bury it because of addiction. They went to the lengths to bury it because of what it connected them to. Okay, so let me give you a little more of this. The White House will not release access records related to purely personal guests of the first and second families, uh, visits that do not involve any official or political business. This is what the Obama administration's archived website says. So as long as the Biden said he was coming by for personal business, guy come by five times a day. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get a record of it. But you understand this is a guy who worked for the government, yet we're somehow being told he was coming by on personal business. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Looks like a little bit of a racket to me. Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen Buell, who was married to the president's son from 93 to 2017, revealed in a memoir in June of 22 that Schwerin managed almost every aspect of our financial life. Hunter also acknowledged that Schwerin was a close confidant and counsel to his father in a February 2014 email thread with Schwerin that was uh, reported by Fox News Digital. One of his visits to the White House in November of 2010 was a sit-down with Biden in the West Wing. Schwerin also visited Biden's residence at least 15 times for various holiday receptions, including the December 12th holiday reception in 2015, that came a couple of days after Biden's infamous trip to Ukraine, where he threatened to withhold a billion in the United States aid if the country's leaders did not fire their top prosecutor. He should be behind bars. What a dirtbag. You've heard that clip a million times. I keep playing it for you. Okay. Where Biden says he's flat out going to withhold foreign aid if he doesn't get the firing he wants of the prosecutor. We'll probably wind up playing it again. It's just become like a hit now. I'm like a top 40 jock. It's like a Taylor Swift song. Here's another one by Taylor Swift. Okay, but understand, Joe Biden was famously asked about this, okay, by Peter Ducey back during the campaign. Okay, and this is something he used to yell at Ducey about all the time. You're a one-trick pony asking me about overseas business dealings. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the ring, here it is. I'll play that for you. It's clip. This is Biden when he's asked about Ukraine, trashing Peter Ducey for even having the gall to ask such a question. Clip 10. Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question. Why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the the, presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. This guy's a serious ass. Did you hear that? Everybody looked at this and looked at it and said there's nothing there. Okay, his own son 
three of his own business partners have said there's a hell of a whole lot there. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, over 150 suspicious activity reports filed by Obama's Treasury Department say there's an awful lot there. Are you the big man, Joe? I don't know, but we're getting a lot closer to an answer. And you don't go to the length of lying that they have if you don't have something to hide. Understand, we know what he has to hide. They were selling influence in Ukraine. Burisma leaned on the Bidens to fire a prosecutor who was looking into corruption at the company. I only know this, not because I'm like some right-wing Fox News agitator who wants you to get mad at liberals all day. Stop it. Okay, the only guy I want you to get mad at is whoever's making me eat all these Greek yogurt so I don't look so fat on TV. <laughs> That's the only... That boy is a P-I-G pig. Yeah, well, that guy. <laughs> He's feeding me a lot of yogurt. I might be a little cranky about that, but here's Biden. Okay, let's start in two things. Okay, here is Biden talking about threatening foreign aid if they don't fire the prosecutor, looking into the company that's paying his son millions of dollars. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Uh-huh. Very interesting, right? Guy got fired. I said, you're not getting the billion dollars in our government aid, which is known as what? A quid pro quo. Bingo, man. Bingo. So you understand now. Where this story started really quickly and why I stick to it every day. Nobody else is going to. Okay. I try to talk to you about what matters on this show, not what is sensationalism that I think will move the election needle one way or the other. Believe me, nobody's going to a poll in November of 2024 and voting based on Hunter Biden. They're not going to. Okay. People want a better economy. They want safer streets. They want better schools. They want a secure border. People will vote on those issues. I don't consider Hunter Biden a winning issue for Republicans. But I do consider the exercise in getting to the bottom of this corruption a win for every single American. That's the gig here. Okay, that's the team. That's the side. If people were to say, yeah, Jimmy Fallon, man, it's a one note song if ever I heard one. Guy's just always shilling for his team. And you'd be right about that. But my team is America. It's not the Republican Party. It's freedom. Okay. And when you elect compromised people that start selling us out to China, you know, moving money in from Russian oligarchs that influences our energy policy, or at least it would appear that way based on how much production we've outsourced. You know, when you start seeing the level of lie being told by the president, it's impossible not to come to the same conclusion that any reasonable prosecutor would. They don't lie to you about the first four things if they're telling the truth about the big one, which is whether or not they made money. Do you get it? Okay, this started out with the first lie. No, the laptop's not real. That no, not even not even a thing. It's fake. It's Russian disinformation. Okay, what was the second lie? Never talk to my son about his business. What was the third lie? Never talk to his business partners. What was the fourth lie? It's been looked into. There's nothing there. You're asking the wrong questions, Peter Ducey. There's an old saying in the Democratic Party, you know, where there's smoke. 
Elizabeth Warren's probably trying to send a signal. But the point is where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay, and at this point, we should be putting on oxygen masks because there's just that much smoke coming out of the Biden administration. Okay, the guy, Joe Biden, is full of Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together at 888-788-9910. Former Attorney General by the name of Bill Barr. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Oh, behave. Trump might like what Bill Barr had to say about the Hunter Biden case. Uh, Here is Barr weighing in clip four. Do you believe, as you said earlier, that there was a lot of shameful self-dealing and influence peddling in regards to Hunter Biden? And if so, do you believe those are criminally prosecutable actions? Okay. well, one thing I stress is those are two different questions. Right. And, uh, you know, things can be shameful without being illegal. And I I, yes, I thought I I think it's grotesque, the the cashing in on the office like that, uh, uh, apparently. But uh, I think it's legitimate. It has to be investigated as to whether there was a crime there. And that's one of the things I'm concerned about is that it was thoroughly investigated after I left. Okay. well, listen, a lot of the argument against Barr is he could have done more to appoint a special counsel sooner. Uh, You know, he said as the outgoing attorney general, he wanted that to be done at the discretion of the next guy. It's you know, it gets into legalese. It's certainly beyond my pay grade. But the thing about Barr is and I know a lot of you hate him because you don't think like he did enough to help Trump. Just the same. There's a lot of liberals who hate him because they think he did too much to help Trump. Uh, in the aftermath of, say, the Mueller probe and stuff like that. The reality is, you know, you've heard Barr on the show quite a bit. I've met him in person, talked to his lovely wife. The guy is calling balls and strikes. When you hate him, when you like him, okay, it's not because he's taking your side. It's because he's taking the side he believes to be the truth. He was never in the tank for Trump, just the same as he's not out to get Trump. Is he very critical of him? Yes. But he openly concedes he'd rather vote for Trump than Biden any day of the frickin' week. Come on, man. Okay, but when it comes to Biden's son, Hunter, okay, he may very well be the reason nobody gets a chance to vote for Biden. 
okay, this guy's historically unpopular, and they really are uncovering a lot of corruption. And it's not to say they'd stop investigating if Biden stepped down. I damn well believe they will, especially after how hard they're coming after Trump. I think if the Republicans gain majorities in the Senate and the House and heaven forbid win the White House, I think the Democrats are going to have hell to pay. Uh, But either way you slice it, Biden looks like a big liar. I got to tell you, man, we're talking about Joe Biden being in trouble. But in the battle to replace Joe Biden, uh, the guy who was one of the favorites to take the gig was Ron DeSantis. Wrong. Wow. Another development out of Team DeSantis shaking up the campaign yet again. And it sounds like they're now getting rid of their campaign manager. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Wow. I mean, it gets late early around here. That's the old Yogi Berra expression. Let me read this for you really quickly. It's funny because we've been back and forth with the DeSantis team because I want to get him on. Like, I'm fa- I actually want him on the show and I want to punch him in the person. And what that means is, you know, when you listen to the show, I think one of the reasons people like it is you hear lawmakers come on and they sound differently on our show than they do on other shows. It's not because I'm like particularly talented. It's because I'm not. It's because I just have human conversations with people. That's my broadcast superpower, the fact that I don't actually have one. So whereas other guys can talk policy with them for two hours, uh, I'll sit here and ask them about who picks out their ties or what the best Rocky movie was. And you get a sense for the character of the person instead of the pre-scripted talking points. You're welcome. That's my gift. That's all I got, man. If you're hoping to learn something, the joke's on you. Okay, but when it comes to like having a horse sense, you know, as a guy who spent a lot of time driving a taxi and talking to people day in and day out. You know, strangers, the public, you know, 50, 60 of them a day. You do develop a pretty good horse sense when it comes to, you know, assessing people. And I can tell you I'd be fascinated to talk to DeSantis just to figure out if everything I'm hearing is true. Everybody I know who works in politics says his personality just doesn't connect with people on the on the campaign trail. And that when he was a congressman, he wasn't like socially popular because he wasn't a particularly cool guy. And when I start to see major campaign shakeups like this, yes, it does trigger a horse sense. Here's the lead. Okay, Ron DeSantis has replaced his campaign manager, Janera Peck, in what is the third major reshuffling of his operations. A campaign spokesperson and a person familiar with the move confirmed to Politico. Peck will be shifted to a role of chief strategist as part of the new order. Taking her place atop the campaign will be James Uthmeyer, who served as chief of staff in DeSantis's governor's office. In a text message, Uthmeyer said the change was happening ASAP. The move comes just weeks after the DeSantis campaign and close advisors insisted that Peck's job was secure, even after the team shed a third of its staffers amid a budget crunch and concern about the direction of the operation. I mean, wow. Ron DeSantis got into this. Okay, as the heavy favorite, the heavy favorite to battle Trump to the death in this race. I got to tell you, the guys like me who are on the fence and said, Tim Scott, I know Tim Scott isn't really climbing in the polls. This isn't like a meteoric rise. But the field right now is so volatile, given Trump's legal entanglements, that at some point you could be looking at a Republican field that doesn't have a Trump in it. As horrible as that might sound to a lot of you, I mean, to me personally, it just it sounds horrible for the country, really bad for the country. But 
if that's the case, I don't know that Scott can beat Trump head to head. I mean, Trump's expanding his lead over everybody each time he gets indicted. And that really in itself is an indictment of our Justice Department and people not having faith in the institutions that actually are supposed to be the most trustworthy, you know, bastions of decency in our country. This could be a problem. It is a problem because everybody said off Trump gets elected. He's going to destroy faith in our institutions. What they didn't tell you is the institutions were going to destroy that faith themselves. Okay, Trump didn't start the Mueller probe based on a complete fallacy by the Clinton campaign. Okay, the Justice Department did. Trump didn't kill the Hunter Biden laptop story that the whole entire country now knows to be true. The Justice Department did. You see what's going on here? You might not like the way he behaves, but history would show from 20,000 feet that they've behaved a lot worse than he has. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, that's why Trump keeps getting indicted and he keeps going up in the polls. It's a reflection on a lack of faith in our institutions, and it is absolutely positively a reflection on Joe Biden. Biden sucks. But to some extent, you understand, Ron DeSantis came into this with more money than anybody, including Trump. Okay, but I told you, I don't know him personally. I have a lot of back-channel people, pollsters, people who worked with him in Congress that I work with, telling me that he does, he has like a likability issue. And I'm not at these events to tell you the truth. That's why I want him on the show because, I, you know, at the very least, either diagnose the problem or maybe even help him become likable by teaching him to have a normal conversation. I mean, so much of what he's doing, okay, and this is the problem with the DeSantis campaign, is he's trying to be the president of Twitter. And what I mean by the president of the Twitter is there are a lot of prominent right-wing voices on Twitter that are so heavily invested in the culture war stuff, okay? Things going down down in Florida with Disney World, things going on with wokeism. Everything woke turns to Okay, DeSantis has been waging a war against Disney that, to be honest with you, I appreciate him fighting. I appreciate the Parental Rights and Education Act that says you shouldn't be sexualizing children. Do you want to know why? Because anyone who wants to talk to a kid between the ages of kindergarten and third grade shouldn't be around children, okay? Shouldn't be happening. So I'm not mad at DeSantis for doing that. But the fact that these are the themes that play the most on Twitter, okay, let's go after the transgender movement. Again, they shouldn't be attacked. They should be tolerated and welcomed. Where Republicans should stand their ground is, yes, do not push gender reassignment surgeries on minors. Do not make biological men play against biological women because there are strict and severe and major biological differences between the two. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. But understand, okay, while we appreciate his positions, those positions pop a lot more on Twitter than they do with the rest of the country. And I told you this from the get-go, when DeSantis launched his campaign on Twitter, okay, and it collapsed spectacularly, the Live Spaces event couldn't boot, okay? It crashed for an hour and a half. You understand, this was the most highly anticipated political event of the year. The governor of Florida, who had just won with an overwhelming margin of re-election, who had a supermajority in the state legislature, Okay, was now getting into the race that we all knew he'd been get he'd be getting into for a full year, finally shows up on Twitter with the biggest pile of cash in the race and the site doesn't work. 
But it was so important to him and his campaign. They hired Twitter influencers to be surrogates, to go out there and just if you go on Twitter right now, it's just all day wars between people who who support DeSantis and people who support Trump. Okay, and when you go on Twitter, DeSantis has clearly geared his campaign towards winning that Twitter battle. Okay, towards we're going to be the ones that are more anti-pride. We're going to be the ones that fight the trans agenda. And again, I don't think the trans agenda should be fought. I think it should just be reasonably tolerated. Does that make sense? Like, I'm in favor of anybody being whatever the hell they want to be. You live in America. Again, the whole point of being here, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Freedom! Exactly. The only thing I'm asking you not to do is bring it to the children. Okay, kids should be learning to add numbers before they learn to subtract their junk. Bingo. Okay, biological men should not be competing against biological women because it's not fair. Bingo. Okay, but if those become the hallmarks of your campaign, you're not going to win the rest of the country. Bingo. So that's the good news for DeSantis. He's the president of Twitter. The bad news is he may never be the president of the United States. What people don't get about elections, what people don't get about the country is it's not about being the guy who could scream the loudest in his echo chamber and get the most likes and digital dopamine. It's about persuading the persuadable voters to meet you in the middle and see it your way. You can't win the White House without peeling off some Democrat support and without carrying the independent vote the biggest problem Trump's going to have is most of the people who hate him are not ever going to be capable of liking him. That's the problem. Like, I'm being straight up with you. Okay, where DeSantis is a problem is he's really limited in who he's catered to. Okay, where where Tim Scott has a problem is most people at this point have no idea who he is, what his story is, or what a good direction he'd be for the country to go in. But if one or two of these candidates drops out of the race, Tim Scott becomes the odds-on favorite to win it in a rout. Because one, he has the best story. Two, he has the best vision. Okay, three, nobody really talks about this, but he happens to have one of the biggest piles of money left. Okay, when they're investing $40 million for Tim Scott in Iowa, it's because they think DeSantis is dead. Okay, and they're investing in Tim Scott because if, heaven forbid, Trump is not at the top of this ticket for the GOP, they need a powerful alternative. They don't see DeSantis as that guy, which is why you're hearing so much talk from Glenn Youngkin out of Virginia. Okay, it would almost be unprecedented for Youngkin to jump in at this point, given the amount of people that have entered the race, given that we're less than a month away from the first debate. We're two weeks away. It's right here on Fox News, August 23rd. Okay, but the reason there's still talk about it is because of just how much unrest there is in the field. Okay, you've got Trump indicted now three times. We've never had a president indicted once. The Democrats have now indicted him three times. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, and there are a lot of shenanigans when it comes to those indictments, including a judge down in Florida who's yelling at Jack Smith for trying to take a grand jury from another state that happens to be overwhelmingly liberal, so they can go after Donald Trump. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. People see the political opportunism. But again, Trump's support has hardened. Biden's, you know, it's a joke. Biden, no, people are just, you know, people look at Biden and it's sad. They see the vacation pictures of him in his bathing suit with his diaper under it and his C-cup boobs hanging out. 
Listen, I listen. I'm not in any shape. I'm not putting out a swimsuit calendar any day, anytime soon. But we really shouldn't be projecting to the world our doddering old um, dementia-riddled president's C-cup boobs. That's true. That is true. Seriously, stick them in a tent or, you know, put them somewhere on a beach that's secluded. We don't need to see the president's boobs. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. But there we are. And it's a bad look for the country. And it's a bad look for Biden. It's like the border's getting overrun again. We've got China and Russia sending a flotilla over to Alaska, the largest naval military presence on our shores in the history of the country. And Biden's taking a nap. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. So I get why it's not working for that guy. Okay. But a lot of people are puzzled why it's not working for DeSantis. Gary is not one of them. He is in Addison County, Vermont. He's got a take. Yo, Gary. Hey, Jimmy. My man. All right. Now, I'm a, I am a staunch, hardcore conservative that lives in Vermont, which means that everybody that thinks like me here couldn't fill a corner booth at McDonald's. <laughs> so, That's funny. Guys. So, you know, I, you know, nationally, the Republicans could care less what Vermont Republicans yep. think. But uh-huh. DeSantis does nothing for me because... You know, I'd rather go to a dentist and get a root canal without Novocaine than go to Florida or see <laughs> my state turned into Florida. Really? Um, and, but, and that's all he talks about is Florida. Well, listen, I mean, let me let me stop and I'm going to let you start again. Florida is doing well. Like I would stand up for him in that regard. The state's doing well. He's just not connecting with people. But, you know, but Jim, Jimmy, you know, the one thing I do like about Florida is that the 10,000 New Yorkers moving there every day are not moving here. So, <laughs> I mean, nobody can afford their homeowner's insurance because of overdevelopment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just that's fair. I just think of Florida is a mess. I, I couldn't imagine living in a place like that. I like Vermont. OK, fair. You know, I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. I fight. I struggle because of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know, all he offers is Florida. That's so that doesn't connect with a lot of people. And Tim Scott's my man. Well, listen, it's going to be fascinating because the thing about Tim Scott is it's a very long race. And right now, you know, he's not getting the press and he's not being talked about. But the field is going to change. It's like the Kentucky Derby. If a horse scratches, OK, then somebody else moves up in the poll, you know, in the polls, in the odds. And this DeSantis thing, I mean, he has enough money that it's not like we're going to watch him drop out of the race next Tuesday. But he's really having a time of it, man. And you don't get into it with this much money after taking as long as he did to go through three campaign staffs in the first three months. So I'd have a hard time expecting him to win. Uh, we may take more calls on this, but I appreciate your analysis, Gary, as always. All right. Take Keep care. fighting a good fight up there. Gary, a Vermont conservative. Like, you guys should play the lottery knowing you just heard of such a thing. You don't, it's not every day. Uh, it's just the VMT listeners up there. Uh, and we still have a few. After my call in to talk to Kurt and the boys last Friday, uh, while I was off the grid, I was up in, my goodness gracious, we were on our way to Narragansett, and Kurt decided he should put me on the phone with his morning show while I was in vacation mode. That can't be good. No, it was not good. It was great. We had a fabulous time. But a quick break, and we're back after this. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
radio host, documentary host to the stars, uh, literally the stars, uh, Moon Landing, fact or fiction, streaming now on Fox Nation. Go check it out. Jim Jordan is in it. William Shatner is in it. I mean, everybody's in it. That's you know, the great Bart Sabrell, who was famously punched in the face by Buzz Aldrin. There's all kinds of stuff going on, uh, even a couple of living astronauts who claim they walked on the moon. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The only guy I know for a fact who's walked on the moon is George Santos. Okay, the jury is out on the rest of them, Uh, but we can get into that later in the show. Right now, we got to talk a little more politics. Why? Because this ongoing prosecution of Donald Trump uh, in regards to the election and what's happening now, as we've seen this unprecedented wave of indictments against Trump. And I told you this. It was a space race. It is a space race. When Alvin Bragg went out and crossed that threshold of becoming the first district attorney to indict a former U.S. president, it opened the floodgates for the other jurisdictions to join this race. And now that it's okay to indict a president, they're indicting him for everything, ultimately because someone wants to win the race to convict him. Now, when you look at what type of charges are being brought against Trump, most legal scholars don't think any of them have the grounds to stand. Most legal scholars don't actually believe you can convict a president, a former president, over what may or may not have been in his head, meaning whether or not he believed the election was legit or not legit. But what everybody does have concrete proof of is the current sitting president, who has weaponized his DOJ against Trump, actually saying that quiet part out loud. This is November of last year. This is Biden flat out saying, we got to make sure he doesn't take power again. Clip nine. How do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah? once again take power in the United <laughs> States. Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Did you hear that? We just have to demonstrate that he won't take power. What an idiot. Okay, Joe Biden's just flat out admitting. Okay, I know he didn't say we've got to indict him three times and make sure he winds up behind bars. But Biden's not the kind of guy. This happens to them all the time. You know when they say to Biden, hey, here's a note card. Just call on these people. But then instead, Biden goes, they gave me a note card of people to call on. Where is she? Samantha, are you here? Or when they give him stage direction and he reads the stage direction, repeat the line. Okay, when Joe Biden says we got to stop him, it's because he's saying the quiet part out loud. We have a president that is clearly not. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Back in action. We got a big hour coming up on Fox Across America. Emily Campagna is coming by. She is the outnumbered co-host. We're also going to be talking to Tudor Dixon, superstar Republican from the great state of Michigan. Uh, I was on her podcast last week. I'm sure she'll tell you all about it when she comes by and wants to, you know, do a little promotion work here on the show. You know how that sort of thing works. Hey, check out the podcast. Jimmy's going to be on it. Oh, shut up, woman. I'm kidding. Tudor's a good act. She could take a joke. And that's why we have her on. This is a talk show where humans get together and discuss the country. 
It's not a partisan lecture series where I'm trying to make people vote my way. I shouldn't be in charge of anything other than this show, and even that's debatable. But 888-788-9910 if you want to help me steer the ship, a ship that sails on, as always, with one rule. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a Dawn is not a She is a resident of the great state of Maryland, and she joins us right off the top. Yo, Dawn. Hi, Jimmy. Always enjoy your show. Um, I don't remember what I saw you on TV with uh, last week, but I enjoyed your comments there as well. And and I want to say, you know, Tim Scott is very likable. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the other candidates, not so much. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them are kind of average to me in certain ways. And you have to look at who's funding them. I think that's very important. And you need to look at perhaps their Liberty score. Mm -hmm. That might give people an idea as to where they stand. That would be um, Mm -hmm. compliments of Conservative Review and Mark Levin. Mm -hmm. But my big point is I've noticed a huge monumental shift since that third indictment came down. And President Trump is very calm, very cool. He stopped that. Apparently, he went to a wedding right after that. Uh, He greeted people. I think the previous indictment, he went uh, to a Greek restaurant somewhere down near Miami. So, uh, excuse me, Cuban restaurant that was, I believe. But nevertheless, I think the wind is at his back. The public is more awake than ever. And, um, yes, it's going to be a tough road ahead, but I think in, if in the long run, if, say, Tim Scott does well and Trump does well and maybe he becomes VP, that that wouldn't be bad. I think DeSantis uh, sunk his own battleship, though, Whoa. to be told on that one. I, I mean, listen, yeah. you don't fire your campaign staff and replace the campaign manager three months in because it's going well. I mean, I will give you that, Dawn. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I, I think the challenge for Trump is not the primary. I think he could win the primary no matter how many times they indict him. I think the general election is tricky because the Democrats have convinced a lot of people to hate him that are incapable of unhating him. But the problem they have is Biden sucks that bad. Okay, yeah. think think about it. If any uh, mm-hmm. any other human being on earth was president and their opponent had been indicted three times, that guy is sailing to reelection. Okay, at this point, you know, Biden's not sailing anywhere. They don't trust him to stand near the edge of the boat. You know, the guy might fall in. It's a mess. So, I think it's going to be a good long entertaining road, but I, nothing would shock me, Dawn. Um so stay tuned, buckle up because the first debate is in 15 days. Let me ask you this. Do you think Trump should debate I think that's up to him. You know, like I said, the wind's at his back right now. But again, we have a lot of waking up to do across this country, and many of them are sitting in the middle. Okay, fair analysis. I'll tell them to get off the damn fence. Dawn said so. Uh, Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks for the call. 888-788-9910. You guys are just taking over the show. Robert's out in Montana. He can can co-pilot. Yo, Robert! Are you there, buddy? Jimmy. My man. How you doing, brother? It's, it's you know, it's under control. I'm still waiting for the booze to kick in, but, you know, we're on our way. <laughs> right on. I want to go to your show in Helena, but I can't find tickets. Where? The Helena Civic Center? Yeah. Dude, hold on a second. I, I, I have the link. yesterday. Wait, you would do uh, Where at Helena Civic Center. Watch this. Jimmy Fallon. I'm actually Googling while I'm talking to you on the air. Uh, it shows like oh, I don't yeah. know, balls. Uh, no, no. I cl- all I did. Okay. Okay. I I googled Helena Civic Center, Jimmy okay. Fallon. 
First thing that comes up, cityofhelenamontana.gov. I'm on the government website, dude. You're on government website getting it tickets? It says, Jay Swizz presents Jimmy Fail Alive. Now, I'm, I'm actually going to read you my intro, and I'll tell you if they got it okay, right yeah. or they took this off Wikipedia from like three years ago. Are you ready? Good Drum year. roll. Let's see if this works. Jimmy Fail is an American stand-up comedian, TV pundit, author, host of the syndicated Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fail. All right, that's right, which airs noon to three, Eastern Monday through Friday. Raised in Levittown, New York. Wow, they really get into it here. This is this Robert. It wow. feels like an, it's like an online they're, dating profile. It says I like long walks really on the beach. You up. It says I. Th- it says it says I like long walks on the beach, and I need to take more of them. Ooh, that's a cheap <laughs> shot. That's a cheap you shot. Talk to Jenny about that. Listen to me. Here's the. Here it is. Helena H E L E N A M T. Helena dot gov. Buy tickets. Okay. Says right here. I'm there. Just announced. Jay Swizz presents Jimmy Fallon. Damn it! Are you going to come to the show and get rowdy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my girl will be there. Oh, that's I don't a know move. how rowdy we'll get. We'll be, we'll be there. No, we'll hold it together. Uh, which, yeah. here, here's the deal. Just so you know, when I get out there, it will be the end. I'm working on a top secret project that you guys haven't heard oh. about yet. That you will hear about. You're going to hear about it. But the point is, by the time Moon I get landing. No, no, that's out. It's out right now. You better go stream that on Fox yeah. Nation, man. That's a I'm, hot one. I'm gonna. All right, you better. But when I get out to Montana, just so you know, I'm going to be off of, of a major responsibility, and we're going to really bottom out that weekend. Montana, Idaho Falls, and then Sunday, wherever it finds me, hopefully not in the pokey. So get your game face on, all right, Holmes? All right, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, can I bring my food truck? Oh, why wouldn't you? Come on, man. Bring it. Set right. it up out. Listen, when the date gets closer, like if you want to bring it and operate it, uh, call me back and I'll get something set up outside the venue or something. That's perfect. Come on, Robert. Let's make some moves. It's, damn it. it. It's for a nonprofit, too. So it goes to a good cause. I love that. Um, listen, I think we're operating in a government facility, so I don't know what kind of <laughs> latitude I have here. But I'm going to make all the big campaign promises I need to. You know how these elections work. <laughs> Uh, you the man, Jimmy. All right, I'll see you out in Helena. All right, brother. My man, there goes Robert. He's coming to hang out in Montana. I love it. Uh, Joe is, I'd be flattered if he made it to Montana because he's all the way out in Hawaii. Joe, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, uh, Jimmy, I wanted to talk about Ron DeSanto's uh, policy, his uh, don't say gay, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they're that calling that's... it, but yeah, that's not what it's yeah. called. Go ahead. Yeah, it has to do with the transgender indoctrination of the children mm-hmm. about how they um, tell them that they have a, 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 a man's uh, brain in, in a female body and mm-hmm. vice versa. And they, they want to have uh, medical treatments. They want to cut off their genitals and their, and their breasts um, to, uh, to, to children. And um, so, of course, I, I think that that's crazy. But... Actually, um, people really aren't uh, sexually, they're not educated in sexual matters. Their sex education is limited, yep. and they don't know that um, that uh, the system has been doing this for a long time. It's called um, uh, gender assignment or, or sex reassignment, assignment. And, 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 and that's done at birth. And but no one has ever uh, spoken about that, and a lot of people that have had this those uh, treatments done to them really regret, regret that that uh, has been uh, done to them, and and so there's a push for uh, you know. 
to just let the people be what they are. Mm-hmm. And so that would, uh, it, it, it would uh, cause some problems because, you know, you would have a, a female with, with a mustache or. Um, hey, if it weren't you know, for women with mustaches, my producer wouldn't have any dates. Uh, Joe, a lot of brilliant analysis here. But what I take it back to is I, a lot of people agree with DeSantis that we shouldn't be pushing this stuff on young kids. And I think that's a winning argument for Republicans. I do. And I think it's a winning argument for DeSantis. I think the challenge becomes they have to be tactful about how they go about this because what's happening is the Democrats are just accusing the Republicans of hating the pride agenda altogether. And then that makes us look bigoted, uh, which we aren't. You know, so I think your head and your heart are in the right place. And I think DeSantis is fighting a good battle. I just think he needs to fight a broader battle if he wants to win the election. But thank you for the call. We'll do it again for sure. Uh, Jane is down in Alabama. She's got a take on all of this. Hey, Jane. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? You know what, girlfriend? I'm better now that we got some good Alabama energy on the show. (laughs) Yeah. So this is my point. So I'm 60 years old. And I cannot wait to retire, which I wish I could now, but I can't. But I can't imagine us common sense Americans wanting to put two 80-year-olds against each other. That just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just curious of what your thoughts was. And I think, you know, I go to work every day, and I think think we as Americans are going to be smarter than the media making us out to be on that. Uh, Listen, if you look at the polling, nobody wants these two to run against each other. Nobody. It's like it's over 70 percent of the country. It's about 60, 68 percent was the last number I saw. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it as high as 68 and 73 percent in one other poll that do not want this matchup. And uh, I think for good reason, like you said, there has to be term limits. Uh, and there has there has to be one for the highest job in the land because there's no way you could look at Biden and say he's in shape to do it now, let alone four years from now. Um, Trump seems to be in much better shape than Biden. But that being said, the country's in such a dark pocket right now that I think we really would benefit from a reset. And I think a reset would involve neither of them. Now, the truth is we're not going to wind up in that position. I, I think – uh, there's a good chance that one of these guys is going to be on the ticket, let alone two of them. Uh, but I think if, if uh, in a better world, I think you'd be right to say there's at least no chance we're looking at another Biden. Could you imagine what he's going to be like in four years, Jane? No, that is crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I just hope, I mean, I know you have more conservative listeners, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think a challenge for all of us is if that does happen, is we need to convince um a Democrat, which my mother is a Democrat, and we fight all the time over it, and to convince them that they need to vote the other way. But it can't be Trump because there is no change in their mind. Not They will not vote for Trump, period. I know. It's, it's hard. And people, a lot of people don't get that because they, they love Trump and they know he's better than Biden. But that's not the sell here. The sell is there are people who hate him so much, there's nothing you can say to them. You know what I mean? When they're calling you— exactly. If if their opening is you're a white supremacist because you support Trump, the conversation's not going to end with them going, you got me. I'm voting for the guy. That's just that's, mm-hmm. that's where we are. So, Jane, I'm going to need you to guest host this show the next time I go on vacation. Are you going to be around? Oh, absolutely. I think you'd do great. Just don't use any big words because my audience isn't used to hearing them from me. You know what I'm saying, girlfriend? <laughs> right. Be well. Thank you, Jane. 
You too. Have a great day. The great Jane down in Alabama. She makes a very good point, okay? Jane says what? You know, nobody wants to see these two run against each other. Get her out. Get her out of here. Now, it wasn't so much that she was being anti-Trump, so I don't know that that drop was necessary or justified. She's just talking about the difficulties of Republicans winning the general election with Trump at the top of the ticket. But the reality is this really just one thing Trump has going for them. Just one thing. It's the fact that Joe Biden sucks. I agree with that. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. They're playing Land of Confusion by Genesis. It's a good way to describe my backyard Sunday night (laughs) after this next guest got a little rowdy on the old patio furniture. Was I rowdy or was I awesome? (laughs) I mean, I I thought you were rowdy. The local police thought you were (laughs) actually thought you were awesome. Actually, they they enjoyed (laughs) you. You're the one person the neighbors call the cops on and they're actually just happy to see you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Emma, I love your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to see you. See? Emily Campagno, the human happy hour back in the studio. For another big week on the Fox True Crime podcast. But before we get into that, uh, we should commend ourselves on a fabulous get together Sunday. Oh, we did it right. We've been talking about it for a while. You know, normally we spend many a Sunday afternoon and evening at the Afela Estate with Jimmy and Jenny and Link. And we haven't for a while because of schedules. Yep. So this was something that had been built up. It was like a pimple that needed to be popped. A lot of hype. A lot of hype. A lot of and like. We came through. Yeah, we did. We came man. through. I mean, it would not only pop the pimple, like it, we got a reality show out of it. It was like a doctor pimple pop yeah. le- level of, you know, we yes. ate it, drank it, things went on. We were the Bash Brothers. Dairy Queen got involved. Dairy like, Queen. A lot happened. Uh, multiple amounts of amazing drinks. No one was driving. No. Um, no one was driving, spread. including the Uber drivers. No one was driving. <laughs> About 71 Uber Learned drivers canceled way. at the end of the night. I have, for the record, I have a really high rating, so oh. it's not that. I it's know. just for some reason. And then we were talking about, you were like, well, I'll get the sweatpants out. Be a little <laughs> tight on you, Emily, after this barbecue that we had. But I was like, yeah, man, I'll crash here. I love sleeping on the couch. We dodged that bullet. I yes. did make oh. <laughs> it. was a could have made you guys breakfast in bed the next day. That would have been, That's a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the problem is like, we have so, we had so much food, dude. Like breakfast wasn't an option the next day because that's what I do on Sunday. I don't know if anyone listening does this, okay? But the way I get myself to eat good is to first eat bad. Like you eat to such a place of self disgust, it buys you two days of actually holding your life together, and then by the third, you might have actually diminished your capacity. You get it? Yeah. Well, my my place of self disgust. I'm just still in that chapter over and over. <laughs> Did you see me eat that additional sausage right before I walked out the door yeah, at yeah. midnight? So we're talking about a midnight like this. This barbecue went down at 4 p.m. <laughs> and at midnight, Emily reaches back and like, <laughs> like, you know that, you know, it's an hour of the night where if a human's going for food, the only person perking up is the dog. He's like, oh, this is amazing. I'm getting one for the road. Bixby loved me, dude. He was like, I'm going to hang out with her all night because she always has a sausage or a hamburger in her hand. <laughs> this is my girl. Or ice cream. And he got nothing. <laughs> well, he like, stole a lick from the Heath Bar lid, dude. He did. He made a move. Uh, Good em- Bixby. Emily Campagna's in studio when she's not tormenting my dog. She is hosting the Fox True Crime podcast. What happened? this week guys this is a really good one because it it underscores closure what closure can look like and that no matter how long it takes it can put a community to rest mm-hmm. 48 years after eight-year-old gretchen harrington went missing after mm-hmm. leaving her home in marple township pennsylvania the district attorney has brought homicide charges against it's so heartbreaking her pastor 
who did confess at the age of 83 to abducting and murdering her. The worst part about it, not only was her father a pastor at a neighboring church, but this murderer, the, the pastor who did it, he presided over her funeral when they found her body two months later mutilated. Oh so this is a beautiful story of the tenacity of law enforcement, how justice will always be served, and we are currently awaiting him being extradited from Georgia to Pennsylvania. It's an incredibly harrowing story, but at the same time, again, one of justice, and we look forward to hopefully seeing a conviction. So please go to Fox True Crime Podcast. Anywhere you guys listen to podcasts, this will be a very good episode. There you go. Uh, you know, we we listen to them multiple times in my house, obviously, because I bring Lincoln down, and I'm like, Listen, whatever you do, don't host a show like this. I'm kidding. We, I'm like, promise daddy. Promise daddy if you ever get a show. No, it is great. And I always tell you that my takeaway, really quick, we have about 45 seconds today. I'm always learning, like, survival tips and things like that from your show. I think there's so much for people to learn. But certainly a lot about, too, how they solve this stuff, which I find fascinating as well. So you're doing a service, whether you feed my dog or not, Em. I wanted you to know that. That's the thing. When cold cases get solved, it's either new technology or a fresh pair of eyes. And in this case, it was the latter. Kudos to the Pennsylvania State Police. They are yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Shout out to them. No, for real. That's amazing. The Fox True Crime Podcast. It is everywhere, as is Emily Campagno. You're out of here. This was epic. Uh, go online. They can watch her. She was on Gutfeld last night. She was in my yard the night before. <laughs> She's got all it's the like hot appearances booked. So is the neighborhood stray cat. Me and him hung out. <laughs> reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh you bet it is we're fired up to have this guest in studio she has once again snuck past fox security <laughs> and made a return to the airwaves here at fox she's all over the tv today you're just on fox business you're probably on outnumber were you on outnumber no no i'm on gutfeld tonight. oh, oh you're on tudor dixon is gonna be on gutfeld you talk about a win for the american people <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Bursting into song right now. Great it's to see you. not with you, though, so that makes me sad. Ah, Tudor, don't butter me up. <laughs> You're trying to get a softball interview out of me? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We did some hard-hitting journalism on your podcast last we week. We did, yeah. Well, you're a journalist, right? No, I, I saw ho- you on Fox Business today. I, you, you know where I've been today? I'm not even kidding. Like, besides the meth lab? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I knew that. I was on Fox. I was on Fox and Friends. Then I was on Fox Business. Then I was on like one of our local radio shows. Then I was on this show. Then I'll be on the Ingramangle later. Oh, and wow. And then I'll be on Bath Salts at like 11 o'clock. It's funny. They treat you like a regular person here. You stop it. <laughs> I'm just, I don't get booked a lot. I told you, I'm just good at sneaking onto the set. Yeah, that's right. And it's yeah. live TV. Once you're in the shop, what are they going to do? Pull you off? That's how I'm here. Yeah. People are like, I can't believe you're on Waters World last night. I'm like, yeah, neither can I. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, neither, neither can, can he. Neither can they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you ever notice he doesn't announce me? It's just like Kool-Aid. I come in on roller skates. I'm like, oh, this guy's here again. Oh, we have Jimmy I like again. this guy. Ah, oh, Tudor Dixon. So let's talk about it. Me and you are not fighting. Uh, but people are fighting on docks. Uh, we've seen the viral video. Eric, can I ask you in there, have you seen the footage yet, or should I be telling you all about it? I have seen it. The viral video where the dude actually swims over to the dock fight. Given the month of the year, August, slowest news 
week, month, everything of the year. Shouldn't this just be the only thing we're watching right now? Just because it, it solves a lot of issues. Like politically, we all hate each other and want to beat each other up anyway. So maybe we just watch other people fight Tudor Dixon. So first I saw a reenactment of it. And I think that's <laughs> the best part. I'm like, now we're reenacting fights, which I think is joyful. But I will tell you, it makes me a little bit nervous because as I was driving into New York, which is a normal day for you, but our driver got in a fight with the guy in front of us. Mm-hmm. And then he started to like look like he was going to come out out of the door and, and and then I thought you know I'm this Midwestern girl I don't know what's about to happen and immediately think about the dock fight and I think are people going to start swarming and then do I just kind of like get down low and crawl out I don't know <laughs> what do you do you don't have those skills in Holland Michigan no, right? Shocking. survival skills <laughs> I know I shouldn't admit that though Tudor, because... I've I hold on a second we could have like a tutorial about this I, I've actually and I've told the story on the air I have, as a former taxi driver, have seen some of the wildest fights ever, including one in which I got hit with a trumpet by a mariachi <laughs> band. It's my favorite story, man. Of course. And now Why this, you not? need to know this. People don't know this, but this could be an entry-level tip for you, okay? If you ever find yourself in the presence of a mariachi fight, which could happen to any of us. Right, I mean, yeah. Who among course. us? Why I mean, not? everyone in the booth is shaking their head, yes. <laughs> like, just last they Tuesday. They are, <laughs> which is scary. Unbelievable. <laughs> if you ever find yourself in the presence of a mariachi fight, uh, they're passionate. Mariachi bands are passionate, but they're usually related. It's like, you know Oasis, those two guys who sing Wonderwall, the British guys, yeah. they beat each other up, Liam and Noel Gallagher. So the truth is they're going to beat each other up, and you're like, wow, this is a bad thing, but they always make up at the end because it's just the family blowing off steam. So I didn't know this. And on the first Cinco de Mayo where I picked up a mariachi band, <laughs> outside Madison Square, is that true? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So they got a whole fight, okay, breaks out. And uh, I turned around to interview and a guy hit me with a trumpet. It was hilarious. And then when they got out. That seems like it could leave a mark, though. Yeah, not the best, but you know what I mean? It's like, this is the thing. When you're driving a camp 12 hours a day, you want to die. So it's like I leaned into it. I'm like, is that all you got? It's got to be a tuba player around here who can swing one of these. Call that a horn? Anyway, uh, they get out of the car, and as I drove away, like they dusted up and kind of laughed at each other and walked in and played their mariachi. Like This I, is when I lived in New York, though. This is how I felt all the time because I would see people yelling at each other in the grocery store, and I'm like, they hate each other. And then they'd yeah. be like, see you Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what how, just happened? No, no, that's how New York works, man. Like a middle finger is hello. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, different. You this act- is why people don't, other people don't understand Donald Trump all the time. He's yeah. not trying to be mean. What He's just a New Yorker. He's just being a New Yorker. And New Yorkers, this is the thing. The way we talk, because people really get hung up on Trump's words, we have no economy with words, meaning we just say stuff. Okay. <laughs> Like, like, well, like, I'll give you an example. Like, if you gave me a piece of pizza right now as a New Yorker, it would either be the greatest pizza in the history of pizza, or we should execute the owner of the shop, <laughs> 23andMe, his outstanding relatives, and round them up, too. And people are like, wow, he wants to kill the pizza guy. This and makes it's not a lot true. of sense when we just saw the World Cup, and then we yep. saw him come out and say, nice shot, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was kind of funny. And I did tweet that Sweden... Being sponsored by Ikea did have to make their beds the I night saw before. That's, I saw that. I so saw it's that. even more demeaning, Tudor Dixon. <laughs> Tudor Dixon's in studio against our better judgment. I kid, we love you, Tudor. Um, don't you think, though, and I do, that there is some value in him being hard on national teams or any president being hard on national teams if for only uh, only if I'm going to do this in English, I swear, if for no other reason, then it would be good to get back to a place of collective buy-in. 
There should, I mean, the the exciting part about any type of a, a world event like the Olympics or the World Cup is that you're rooting for your team. But when you see that your team is not rooting for you, yeah, then you feel like someone needs to stand up for you and <laughs> and paddle your team. Imagine that you go to Yankee Stadium and the players line up on the third baseline and moon the crowd. <laughs> right, exactly. you're like, Wait, what? Yeah. What just happened here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's what's going on. The uh, mom but- and me is like, okay, we, they need a spanking before they can go. But, oh, wait, we're not allowed. No, no, you could you say whatever you want. I think a lot of the truckers just pulled over. They want you to say more, as a matter of fact. You can hear brakes screeching all over the country. Like, Tudor Dixon's talking about spankings on Fox Across America. <laughs> just, wow. Everybody okay, just pulled over. that took a turn I wasn't expecting. No, I, I, a lot of us were, to be honest with you. This has been a recurring theme on, on these shows, Tudor. Let's talk about it. Uh, but, no, you make good points, is that as a parent, I feel the same way. Because here's the thing. If you feel compelled to get out there and protest America on the world stage, it's because, number one, you can. That's right, yes. Okay? But if you can, that means you have nothing to complain about. Because most of the other countries you're complaining, you're, you're competing against would never in a million years think to protest, let alone to think that protesting might get them a deal, like a sneaker deal. Right. right. No, you see Iran last year did not come out. They came out. They did not sing. And then it was like threats of death. You know, they're like, should they even go back to their country? And that's not a joke. I mean, you really can't do this in other countries. So I think that the Brittany Griner treatment, she realized this is a much better country than getting stuck in a jail in Russia. And I'm not saying that people should have that experience, but you can learn from other people's experiences. And I think it's great that she came back and she said, you know, I I appreciate America. And I wish people lifted that voice up more because that's meaningful. Thank you. Tudor Dixon in studio. We're having a grown up talk about all things America. America. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But you're right. You make a good point. I think what people are missing is just perspective. Because this is what I think happened. We kind of talked about this on your podcast. So if you want to hear Tudor and I do this with profanity. (laughs) (laughs) The normal us? No. It's that. I'm kidding. Uh, But I think the truth is people have lost perspective. Because what happened is, like, we've just taken a compass now. And everyone's looking for what's wrong with things. You used to really walk in and look for what was right in every scenario. Like, I still do. I'm calibrated that way. You're a fun person, you know. Um, But most people I don't want to say most people, but a good amount of people aren't. And I think we're giving them too much. We we were literally just talking about strikes in L.A. And you think it's you've got the writer strike, the actor strike, the hotel worker strike. Now the entire city is going on strike. Yeah. And you think about this and you think, what is happening that people are so unhappy in their careers? They feel like they're being mistreated. And are they being mistreated? Or is this just society now that yeah. looks for what can I be upset about? That's what's so weird. Like there's that Cinnabon strike where the Cinnabon workers couldn't wear a pride pin. So they're like, I don't feel safe coming to work. I'm like, well, no one should feel safe around 85,000 calories, okay? (laughs) That's one of the problems in this country right now. But it's not the lack of pins, okay? It's the fact that if you were to prick yourself with the pin, gravy would come out. (laughs) Because we're a pretty chubby country these days. It's not good, Tudor. But I think, again, that goes back to this lack of perspective where what's happening is, this is the truth. We're taking, we're misappropriating. You know, we used to call everything racist, and it worked for the left. They're like, yes. ah, it's racist. Yeah, people, we didn't. Yeah, yes. no, we never did. But people would give them their way because you just didn't want to get, like, p- tagged with the racists. But now they're doing that with violence. They're taking the word violence and misappropriating it. Now it's, you know, if you disagree with us, people are going to die. But it's not true. But it is, it is actually, we're just talking about this. It is making, it is making violence normal. And mm-hmm. so... Words are not violent, yeah. but they're actually promoting violence, and it is hurting 
different parts of society that are now being seen as, oh, gosh, if I go into this neighborhood, it's going to be violent. Mm-hmm. And you don't, I mean, you were just telling me that the police were coming to your house. You're one of those neighborhoods. <laughs> not your, no, they're coming to my house because of like deaf leopards. It's not, you know, it's going to be okay, Tudor Dixon. But the point is, yes, anyone who tells you speech is violence is basically telling you they've had a privileged enough life yes. to not be involved in any violence. Yes. No, I've never been like punched in the head with a screwdriver in my taxi and been like, thank God it didn't call me a name, bro. Well, we just were t- also talking about the fact that you people- had a pretty happening conversation on the way here. This is our third. We were just talking. Continue. We w- we well, well you're driving in from Newark. I get it. Go ahead. You're passionate. You're excited. Go ahead. But same with the idea of education, because that has been attacked as racist. If you want yeah. people to be able to choose for education, that's been attacked as racist. And it's always the person that had the privileged life, oh, that totally. had the private education. That's like, uh, well, it was okay for me. But if you try to take other kids out of their bad situation and put them in my situation, that's racist. Like, what? How is that work? <laughs> how did that work? <laughs> yeah. but how did you get there? But that's just, Those but, words are violent. To full circle this, yeah. okay? Because we were just talking about Megan Rapinoe and the, and the women's soccer team. Okay, she wants biological men competing in women's soccer. Greg Abbott just thankfully signed a law with the help of Riley Gaines that might actually level the playing field in women's sports. But isn't it such a scam that you could go out and make millions of dollars as a woman's athlete and then retire and welcome and hold the door open for men to start competing, which right. kind of screws everybody else over. Right. And then they were violently they were really attacked by protesters when they went yeah. to sign that bill in Texas. And I think, how are there this many people that are so angry about the fact that women want to have their own sports, which they've had for how many years now? Isn't that weird? It's weird. And that but it's again, it goes back to this other thing. They think they're pushing back against violence. They think they're pushing back right. against attack. We have to go after Riley Gaines because she's the term they use is transgenocide. I'm like, dude, does anyone have you guys uncovered any mass graves? Like, no, you haven't, because that's absurd. But it's also a lack of thinking. Mm-hmm. We because people thought that the more access to information you had with cell phones and social media, that you would be smarter, but you are dumber. No. It is like I only have to read the headline and now I know everything and yep. this person's transphobic. They might not even know what that means. No, they don't even know what it means. You got to go but beyond the headline. And I can tell you that because most of the things in my search history are described as one type of video. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get here and you're like, hey, wait a minute. They're not going to lift weights at all. This isn't a workout video. Well, it is, but I mean, certainly a lot of cardio involved here. But man, oh boy, Tudor Dixon, we are, where does the time go? Uh, so you're on Gutfeld tonight. Everybody needs to watch you with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. I am, the audience knows this, filling in for him August 28th. Oh. It might be a Tuesday. we got to work this out. Maybe you'll come back and hang out with your, your radio buddy. We that, can do some TV. That sounds fun. And I'm hosting the, uh, I'm hosting the Saturday night show August 26th, but... Uh, they might have me do it at the debate because Fox is hosting the debate that week. Oh, Should, I will be at the debate. Is that true? Yes. You cancel that flight, Eric. We're not. <laughs> we're not. It's not even because of her. You cannot get away from no, me. No, you're fine. It's Sarah. Sarah's the problem <laughs> off the right. air. I know. It's like she, she I comes know. off as nice People in the meetings and the emails. People are always complaining about Sarah. Yeah, no, no. It's, a, it's she's person, like a population control device. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> um, but should uh, do you want all the candidates on the stage, ideally? Okay, so I will tell you quite honestly, I don't because I don't think that some of them actually deserve to be on the oh, stage. Oh, no, fair. But do you want Trump to show up? 
No. You don't want him. You don't think he should give everybody a shot because he has such a big lead? But as a former candidate, I know they will say things that are unfair, and uh-huh. he will be trapped in unfair situations. And I think we know who he is. Yeah. No one questions who he is or yeah. what he wants to do. Uh-huh. So this one, no. I think the other candidates should get out there and have their chance. All 738 of them? <laughs> it's, <laughs> That's it's, why some, no. But there are people that you've never heard of that mm-hmm. are good people. You no, know? I don't doubt it. No, there's a lot of good ideas. I actually I appreciated the governor of North Dakota, Doug Burgum, actually clapped back on George Stephanopoulos. I, this is he was funny. Him, I was just asked by oh, Sean Duffy, who do you want to see at the debate? And I said, Governor Bergen, because I don't think people know who he is. Yes, and he clapped back. He had good ideas. No, the Republicans have a good bench. You know, yeah. they have some people on that stage that absolutely should be there. And then, like, Christie's there because they just want him to go up the steps, you know, because they have steps <laughs> on either side. And that's, again, that's considerate just the same. It's That's that's a reason to have somebody. Get him out of Cinnabon. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Tudor Dixon bring it at full circle. How dare you? <laughs> Good luck on Gutfeld tonight. We're all excited to watch. There she goes. The great Tudor Dixon. Uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. Back after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. What a crazy life. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Your president, Joe Biden, flying to Arizona. To Arizona! Is he talking about the big border problem overwhelming our facilities? Nope. He's going to push his climate change agenda. Biden is such a disaster. Nobody. And I, I truly mean nobody cares about climate change. Climate change is the most white privileged thing in the world. Okay, in the in the world. Okay, it's people who have the luxury of caring what the weather's going to do in 50 years. Most people are, you know, you're living in an America where we're living, you know, 65 percent of the country's living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, technically, so are the climate change people. They're living paycheck to paycheck because they're just showing up in every town and telling them everyone's going to die. And then please give us money. The only way we can stop it, you guys. Okay, we crunch the data. The only way to stop a climate disaster is to put 200 gallons of fuel into my private jet. They just listen. I this is the data. It's an inconvenient truth, said Al Gore. It's in, I know you guys got bills to pay, you're trying to send your kids to college, maybe or, you know, dorm of the house. I don't know what you're doing, but it's inconvenient truth. You got to pay for my plane first. So there's not going to be any way for us to get out of this climate emergency. It's my favorite grift I've ever seen. And I've seen so many good grifts. So there was a guy who used to be, when I was a cab driver, there was a sidewalk Santa who used to hang out in July. Folks, I'm just, this is a pro tip. If you see a sidewalk Santa in July, okay, he is not giving the money to charity. That's true. That is true. (laughs) It's basically like a naked cowboy who let himself go and isn't going to make the money show in the abs. So he had to do something in the meantime until he got his weight back under control. Put that cookie down now. That might have been for me. But when it comes to the climate grift, uh, every the, the Democrats love this. Why? Because it comes with a lot of money and it comes with a lot of control. Can't have that stove. Can't drive that car. It's my favorite thing. The Democrats always tell you, ah, government needs to stay out of our bedroom. That's what they always tell you when it comes to the pro-life debate. Government needs to stay out of our bedroom. And then they turn around and they go, ah, but the government needs to be in your garage, your kitchen, your furnace, you know, everything. You know, that's the that's the grift. OK, they only want the government 
okay, where it can make them money, okay, where it can give them control. But what's happening right now, and I talked about this with Stuart Varney earlier on Fox Business, is all of the European countries that enacted a lot of these green energy policies are now switching back to a more fossil fuel regimented economy. Why? Because they can't power their grids. Understand, when people say to you, like, oh, we're going to cut all the emissions by 2035. Oh, we're going to have no more ga- you know, gas cars. That's fine if you don't mind walking. It's fine if you don't mind having air conditioning in the summer or heat in the winter or anything in between. But the truth is, in countries much smaller than ours, they haven't been able to sustainably power their supply for the population, for a smaller population. So when you hear things like Biden going to Arizona to say, oh, we're going green, nobody cares. OK, they we're sitting here right now at one of the epicenters of the biggest border catastrophe in the history of the world. And he's showing up to talk to them about the climate. Imagine. It's the, you know, <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's clown stuff. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, 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 back in action, big hour of some top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world that is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, And in this hour, we're going to be talking to a superstar representative from Congress talking about Greg Murphy, who is going to weigh in on all things America including, uh, as always, our obligatory North Carolina barbecue reference. I can't get through a conversation with this guy. With You're killing yourself the way you eat, you fat f- Look at you. That is not true. I'm trying to lose weight right now. I'm doing good. I'm, t- I'm telling you. It's the pounds are flying off. You're alive. Whatever. Uh, I was told that uh, if you watch my new Fox Nation documentary, <laughs> Moon Landing, Fact or Fiction, you will see me... Uh, over the course of a 30-pound physical transformation. At the start of the documentary, I looked like I was in a Captain Lou Albano tribute band. Uh, by the end of it, I was more like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, I was, you know, slightly slimmer, uh, and the beat goes on. But right now, we're not on Fox Nation watching me dissect the moon landing with William Shatner. But we're on the radio watching me try to make sense of this political climate we currently find ourselves in as we take the airwaves for hour number three. Now, really quickly, something off the beaten path of politics that I wanted to get into uh, involves a celebrity by the name of Neo. Some of you might be familiar with his music. Uh, Some of you have no idea who Neo is. No idea. Okay, But his real name is uh, uh, Schaefer Shamir Smith. He went viral Sunday. He was uh, in a conversation on something called Vlad TV with a host named Gloria Velez. And he basically spoke out against the idea that parents should be allowing their kids at the age of five to switch gender, which I got to be honest with you, is a very reasonable take. Correct the mundo. Okay. He wound up catching so much hell for taking that position. You're a bigot, you know, the same thing. Transphobia, hateful, all of that stuff. They came raining down with hellfire all over this guy. You're going to get people killed. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, but understand, what did that result in? Okay, when these people come for an artist, they come for a corporation, they're, they're doing like what's called a cancel. It's cancel culture, bro. 
when they do something like this, it's not for the cause, it's for the control. They want an apology. They want people to adopt their worldview for no other reason than because they're terrified of the blowback. So Neo, being a guy who sells music and sells tickets, uh, has obviously a lot of financial considerations to be mindful of. And within a day of that quote being issued, is forced to read a apology that he posts online. After much reflection, I'd like to express my deepest apologies to anyone that I may have hurt with my comments on parenting and gender identity. That was embarrassing. I've always been an advocate for love and inclusivity in the LGBTQIA plus community, so I understand how my comments could have been interpreted as insensitive and offensive. That was absolutely dreadful. Was it ever? Why? Because you live in America, first and foremost, Everybody is entitled to say whatever they want. Freedom! But number two, and this is the more important one, we have to stop this pretend game where we give words so much power over their lives. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. This is the dumbest thing in the world. If hurt is being caused because a singer on a podcast that you weren't listening to said he's not on board with letting five-year-olds make life-altering decisions for themselves. You have so many issues beyond anything being discussed on that podcast that we're wasting everybody's time by even dignifying this stuff as worthy or necessary or warranting a response. Let me tell you this as a parent, okay? I have one kid. There is no world, none, zero zip zilch, where five-year-old kids should have the autonomy to make permanently altering decisions about their bodies. Not one word, okay? There's no scientific basis for allowing this. In fact, up until now, okay, a kid couldn't do anything, couldn't get a tattoo, couldn't get a boob job. And why would they? It's disgusting. Okay, without their parents' permission, you would have to be above the age of 18 to do these things. Okay, but in this instance, they're telling you you could switch your whole entire gender. That's not right. And now they're telling you if you express express pushback, you're some type of a hateful bigot. What do you mean you can't say that? What are you talking about, Neo? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Okay, but what happened? He issued the apology. And he probably threw up in his mouth a little bit because he was like, you know, as an artist, as a creative, you succeed when you're authentic. You you succeed when you're faithful to your creative instincts. Okay, and the idea that he got beaten into an apology that he didn't mean, he just wanted to, you know, protect the brand, not catch any more hell than he already had. But that's not living your true authentic self. It is an artist that really has to crush somebody. You know, there's nothing worse than when someone's editing you and you're like, yeah, you can't do that. But they're editing you because, you know, you're writing a joke that might not be, that might contain a word you can't say on TV. I get it. But when someone is editing your actual beliefs that you can't just casually express in conversation, I mean, dude, that I just. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Seriously, the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Okay, but let me give you a little bit more. Because apparently he felt the same way. And hours after the apology, he went back on Instagram, okay, and stood his ground this time around. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. (laughs) Good for him. And good for everybody who stops apologizing. We don't owe you don't owe people an apology for what you think. You don't owe people an apology for what you feel. Okay, you're allowed to agree to disagree. 
agree to disagree. You know what the remedy is to hearing something you don't agree with? Are you ready for it? It's been around a long time, okay, and it's cheap. You don't need a prescription. You don't need to get seen by a therapist. You don't need to do anything. You don't have to buy anything. There is a remedy, okay, that makes you immune to anything anyone says that you don't agree with. It's called chill the f*** out. That's what it's called. That's it. You don't have to go to a doctor. I can write you a prescription right now. Chill the f*** out. There it is. Okay, but instead, oh, we got to get the publicist on the horn. We got a carefully worded statement. We need to make Neo say something that everyone in their right mind knows he doesn't mean. Okay. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Apparently, Neo is too. Okay. So here he is after apologizing. Okay. I'm actually going to give you the whole thing. I'll give you the controversial statement that started this whole hullabaloo because I'm in a chippy mood. Let's start with clip 40. I I feel like. Parents have almost almost forgotten what the role of a parent is. Amen. It's like, okay, if your little boy comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl, and you just let him rock with that? You just let Right. He's five. Thank you. Okay, he's five. Yet there are people saying to Neo, no, you got to let your five-year-old do whatever the hell he wants. You, you got to let the five-year-old do whatever he wants. <laughs> Dude, what are you nuts? Parenting is a leadership position. You don't read the room, you lead the room. Do you know why the country's so screwed up? Because of a lack of leadership in the home. People are now getting their values, they're getting their direction overwhelmingly from Washington, D.C. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Okay, strong parents don't look around and go, oh, what do they want me to do on Twitter? Wait, they said I'm a transphobe if I won't let my five-year-old chop his junk off? No, nah, that's no good. I don't want to know. I don't, I, wanna, I don't want to hear from those people. Heaven forbid you just delete the app or don't go on it for a few days and get over yourself. But that's what's happening. People aren't thinking for themselves anymore. Neo stopped thinking for himself, issued an apology, puked in his mouth, and got right back onto Instagram. Here it is, clip 41. This is something I feel very strongly on, and I need you all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel the same way you are entitled to feel how you feel. Take a bow. Seriously, take a bow. He's absolutely right, although he shouldn't apologize to anybody. Listen, they're words. Look, this is the stupidest thing in the world. Words are not violence. When someone tells you speech is violence, it means they've never been attacked. It means they've never experienced violence. I promise you, speech is not violence. And no one hears Neo disagree with the position of the trans agenda and goes, you know, Neo's right. Let's go beat some of these people up. That's not happening. That's not going on. That's pretend. It's pretend violence. What the Democrats are doing now, because the race card doesn't work the same way anymore, the race card used to be the old tried and true. That was the big closer. You know how, like, Elvis would close on can't help falling in love? Democrats would close on racism. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. And it worked forever. Okay, it's not working anymore. So now it becomes violence. Well, you got to give us our way or people are going to kill us, kill themselves. Well, you got to give us our way or the climate's going to kill everybody. We got to give us our way or people are going to start killing the people you told the joke about. 
You know, that's what they do now. It's now all about violence. They're misappropriating violence to force people into agreeing with them. Well, come on. You know, these trans people are under attack and now they're killing themselves. Hey, if you really think people are vulnerable to suicide, maybe stop telling them everybody hates them. I don't know. It seems like a reasonable point. No, it's crazy. But here's more Neo talking about what I believe to be the truth. Clip 42. I was asked a question and I answered the damn question. Okay, I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. I ain't got no beef with y'all. Do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, somebody asked my opinion on this matter and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't care. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? I admire your honesty. And everyone should. Okay, because no one should live in a world of forced compliance where you have to believe what one side wants. Okay, it's tyranny. It's conversational tyranny. And the people doing it are never right. Do you remember the vaccine? Do you remember we were flat out told that if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID? Okay, but they told you that anyway. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person. The virus does not stop with every vaccinated person. They were wrong, all the way wrong. Vaccinated people got COVID. Vaccinated people died from getting COVID. Yet they were okay with firing you from your job and shaming you out of polite society if you didn't play along with the forced compliance. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. And they were all the way wrong. Fire you from your job. Deny you the ability to feed your family because you exercised speech rights that, oh, by the way, were correct. That's who these people are. That's what you're dealing with when a guy like Neo is forced to apologize for views he has not only every right to hold, but views that are correct. If you are blessed from God with the, uh, the privilege of having a child and you are not a deadbeat, and you actually pay attention to the evolution and development of your child, you realize they go through so many phases of sensibility, from their favorite foods to their favorite shows to their favorite songs to their favorite toys to their favorite friends. Okay, this idea that at the age of five, when they're a constant whirling dervish of development, they should be given the right to permanently alter their bodies for good? That's stupid! 
Use your common sense. Dude, it's the worst thing I've ever heard, but why are people playing along with it? Money, 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 money. Some are doing it for the political clout because they've manufactured a civil rights movement. Oh, we're oppressed. If you don't let biological men play against biological women, if you don't pretend men can have babies. Where does, by the way, seriously, serious question. If men are having babies, what is it coming out of? Exactly. There's no good solution here. I got to be honest with you. But they're forcing you into an opinion that's not even an accurate opinion. So the fact that Neo is out there pushing back on that is a win for everybody. Okay, get over it. You know, and if you're going to try to force words onto us, if you're going to try to force beliefs onto us, at least get your, you know, your ass in gear and make the correct points. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy. His opening act down in Atlanta, Georgia. Ezra's on the line. Yo, Ezra. Yes, sir. How are you doing, Jimmy? Been a minute, pal. You doing all right? Yeah, yeah. I just was telling Mike that I was in India for a month visiting, uh, you know, my company and seeing a different way of life where they don't have these confusions and parents <laughs> still parents. So Imagine that. Here, here, here's my rant. So here's the problem. And, and it's in a book written by a professor at, at the University of California, Dr. John Ellis, called The Breakdown of Higher Education. Mm-hmm. He talks about the liberalization of schools you know, since the 60s. And so now people aren't told how to think. They're told exactly what to think. Mm -hmm. So if they go through, you know, and then college, it's the same thing, super liberal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the the ratio of conservative professors is one to 13 in the country and one to 18. So it's all hyper liberal indoctrination is what it is. And that's the problem. They don't know how to tell their kids no. Mm -hmm. They're told it's okay. I want to be your friend. It's wrong. Yeah, it's not working. Uh, I think you make a good point. It's not. Parenting, as you know, okay, it is a leadership position. And that's the biggest problem is people, if you're not the leader in your house, you have no idea when you walk out that door, you know, just what a disadvantage you're putting your kids to, you know, kids up against. Absolutely. And that's the biggest problem is like if, you know, for all the political infighting we have in this country, I think the biggest issue is that people have it's like we're eroding people's sense of self-reliance and their personal responsibility. And that's it. I mean, when you're in when you're yeah. in India, I don't think I mean, India, I don't think anyone's looking around waiting for the government to tell them what their gender view should be. No. Or or, you know, no one's waiting in line for a handout. I'm telling you, these people. Well, I, I was in a couple of restaurants. I said, this service is spectacular. So I asked the lady, you know, you guys are great. She goes, I've got a master's in hospitality. The waiter's got a bachelor's in hospitality. That's the quality of what, you know, they've got a lot of people. Yeah. But they're not just like some disenfranchised, I'm too good for this punk because the service is terrible these days. So, oh, it's so that's bad. my rant. No, good We're not. victims of this socialized school. And if we don't turn it around, it's going to get worse, 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 and worser. How's that? Well said. I'm with you. Vote Ezra 2024. Good call, brother. Um, listen, he's not wrong, man. He's not wrong. And in a world where the Democrats and, you know, most of the establishment are globalist politicians, they're now conditioning America, okay, to rely on the government for everything and get out in a global economy where they're going to be competing against people who are fighting tooth and nail for everything. I got a bad feeling about this. 
It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Van Halen. This next guest was probably in his early 20s, high teens, when Van Halen came out. I don't know that he was headbanging along with David Lee Roth. He can join us now to clarify. Superstar representative from the great state of North Carolina, Greg Murphy, back on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, I had the big hair. I was, uh, I was all. Now I have no hair. Um, we were all about Van Halen. Yeah. All right. No, I, I, I love to hear that. Okay. No, Diamond David Lee Roth, the whole Barnyard Jamboree. You know, Eddie Van Halen. They were great. My, um, yeah. You see, when I was the youngest of four kids, and your older brothers kind of define your sensibility when it comes to music and stuff. So my brothers were big Van Halen guys. So I was rocking out right there with you, but I didn't have the hair. Well, I, uh, I, you could have, I lost it, so I gave it to somebody else. So I'm not sure where it is. <laughs> yes, that, was not, that was that was nice of you to do. That was nice of you to do. Well, listen, it's always good to have you back on the show, and I needed to talk to you about something besides barbecue. They told me I was told by the wardrobe right. department. I'm not even kidding that I have to stop talking about barbecue on the show because they think it's leading to me eating too much barbecue. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Well, you know, uh, suggestions. We actually, ha- I had a. a- a good old Eastern North Carolina company uh, about a month and a half ago drive do a food truck. They drive up, drove up DC, cooked a pig for us, and everything. We should have uh, you should have done your show from the uh, from the DC streets. It was great. <laughs> awesome. Not according to the wardrobe department. I haven't. No way. Well, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> next time, next time, I'll get. I'll, if I get a few pounds off, you know what I'm saying. It's it's TV. I get a few pounds off. I can come back to gain them back with you. That's the plan. Amen. Um, Amen. So we were talking offline about this, the, this, this whole idea, okay, that we have more college towns shifting Democrat. What do we attribute yeah. that to? Because I don't think anybody listening thinks that's a good thing. No, and I can actually speak with some great veracity to this. Um, my alma mater over there in uh, just north of Charlotte, a very small college town, used to be a, a very balanced intellectual town, lots of uh, – differing views, lots of great, great discussions. Um, But over the last decade, especially with the last presidential administration, the place took a hard, hard turn left. And it was uh, it was uh, it was believe what I believe or you will be ostracized. And uh, that's what it's taken. And the folks in the big ivory tower, look, uh, there's some really, really smart folks and great teachers on institutions. But a lot of those individuals are teaching things based on theory and not in reality and never lived out in the real world, never been in business. And so they're great. They can sit back in their armchairs and just espouse great, wonderful, uh, virtuous things. But when you come down, you know, where the, the metal hits the uh, hits the road, it's a much different world. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is why I think college towns love to have their own isolated enclave of just, quote, thought um, rather than reality. And uh, that's, you know, young kids – College kids, very, very impressionable, 18, 22-year-olds. When your president of your college is a political activist, um, when your faculty then are given permission to be political activists in the classroom, um, you can't help but have that spread out into the community. Um, I'm all about good discussions, good political Mm -hmm. discussions, but when they come from positions of authority, the president of a college, uh, the faculty, um, that's an abuse of authority. Um, and so some of that uh, some of that goes out into the town itself. So, again, it's peer pressure is one of the greatest pressures besides nuclear force in the uh, 
in the world, and it's a big thing when it happens in college towns and communities. Yeah, and you know what? I will tell you what I'm fascinated about. We're talking to North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy, is that for all of the preaching that comes out of these colleges about diversity, nobody actually does support diversity of thought. You know, they want to— No, it's everything—diversity in everything except opinion. Mm -hmm. Except opinion. But that's what I think is so limiting. Yeah, go ahead. uh, Yeah, no, I actually—I don't mean to interrupt, but I actually have a— college free speech uh, summit every year in D.C. I've I've had one every year in D.C. for groups to come in and talk about free speech on campuses. And it's uh, really been amazing, Jimmy. The last three years, there's been a a marked turnaround. Once the alumni kind of figure out what's going on on campuses, the alumni are not happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've really pushed it at my alma mater. I know Princeton, Yale, uh, a lot of the other folks that I've worked with Mm -hmm. um, have really had some very good activist groups that say, hey, wait a minute. There's more than one way of thinking about things. And this is college towns and colleges, universities should be a cauldron of diverse thought, not just monolithic, progressive, idealistic uh, attitudes. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, what's really happening, too, is when we – ban basically any type of rebuttal they do so under the guise that it's a form of violence uh that speech is now the equivalent of violence and it's it's just impossible to solve problems because you can't have substantive conversations but i don't think they want problems like i don't i don't think the people limiting speech are here for the cause i think they're here for the control what do you think about that absolutely absolutely and, you know, it's uh, – or you can say it's violent thought or it's, of course, racist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bigoted. It's misogynist. It's every little, you know, yeah, term that they can use to describe something they don't, they don't like mm-hmm. um, rather than actually critical ideas that actually make them think. It's much easier uh, to be lazy in thought and to say, okay, well, that's just an idea I don't like, and so it's a pejorative term or something. And, you know – as, as I said, peer pressure, we saw this during the pandemic, um, you know, with the whole Fauci thing um, um, in the medical community. Peer pressure is a huge force, not only when you're a kid, but when you grow up to be an adult. And it's happened in our medical communities. The whole DEI initiative is polluting our medical schools. And um, it's, a, it's a definite uh, leftist ideology. And by the way, you know, I looked at an interview from a KGB agent about you know, 40 years ago, and he basically said, you know, we'll, we'll take communism, uh, we'll take over your country, not by any type of kinetic means, but we'll get involved in your systems of education, and we will then flush things out. I'm just finishing up a great book called Atlas Shrugged, which was by mm-hmm. Ayn Rand back in the late 50s. Mm-hmm. And if if you're if listeners have not read that, it's kind of a long and lengthy book. Mm-hmm. Um, I would urge people to do so. It is a perfect description of what happens with progressive thought and the destruction of business, the destruction of of hard work and and hard ideas. Um, but what's going on and being pushed by the progressive left today? Yeah, it is crazy. We're talking to North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy. It's so wild because colleges, it's funny. When I was a kid, okay, George Carlin had a stand-up comedy special. It was called Carlin on Campus. And the reason, supposedly, it was shot on the campus, this was the pitch, was that this was the only place in society that was open to having their views challenged on such a level Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't revolt. Like, if he shot that special today, it would be called Carlin on Fire. They would have burnt the place down. 
Amen. Absolutely right. And everybody who didn't love, everybody loved George Carlin growing up. Yeah, man. Um, you know, the, the, what is it? The seven words you couldn't say on television. Now everybody's saying everyone, <laughs> every single one of them. Um, the list got shorter. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. But it, it but it's really true. Uh, and it's very sad because, you know, I love the college that I went to and everything, but it's so hard to see how they have just shifted ideologically in so many campuses. You know, I said to the word politically correct, to one of the board members, and she quit back, well, we don't use that word. Like, who's we? You know, <laughs> what? what is this? Are you now governing and policing what words I can say? Yes. Um, and that's what the idea is. That's yeah. what the idea is. And, and people need to understand really quick before I let you go. It's like I, I say this a lot, and, and I think you'd agree. It's like if our, if our speech isn't free, then we're not free. Amen. That's That's it. a re- it's the reason it's the First Amendment, and the Second Amendment is there to protect the first. Don't ever forget that. Amen. So. Well done. Uh, all right, listen, get off the phone before we start talking about barbecue. They got the sh- they got the shock collar on me, but it's always great to hear from you. <laughs> Keep playing good ball. Out, so. All right, my man, I'll see you oh. soon. Have a great day. Take you care. You too. Representative Greg Murphy from the great state of North Carolina comes on and talks to me about food. Don't you have any respect for yourself? You see, I do. I'm holding it together. That was a I didn't that was a cheap shot of me. I love Murphy, but he's from North Carolina. You understand the thing when you um when you interview a congressman, just if you guys wanted to know what life looks like to be the guy hosting this show. Um, you know, I'm sitting here and in front of me is a computer screen, okay, of like anything I might want to look up on the internet. Okay. Then to my right is like all these, you know, sound clips you hear during the show, you know. You must have got manure for your brains. I could just hit a button. Uh, there's thousands of these clips I could play. It's fun. It entertains me, okay? Then on my left is a call screen, okay? And the call screen, okay, this big screen has slots of the phone numbers that are calling into the show, you know, and it'll say, like, the person's name and where they're calling from because the call screener will establish that connection. Well, when you have a congressman on, okay, usually the name will be on the screen with, like, the state in parentheses. You know, it'll be like Greg Murphy, NC. And every time I see North Carolina, what do I think? Right away, I think barbecue. That's what I think. So I go, North Carolina, Greg, North Carolina, barbecue. Because food is the only thing on my mind. That's how I was raised. I just grew up with a fork or a spoon in my mouth at all times. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. Okay. Well, I didn't have a utensil for that clip. But the point is, I never stopped eating. But I love Murphy, not just because he gets me worked up about the food, uh, but because he's telling you the truth. Your speech rights have never been under assault on the level they are right now. And your speech rights, okay, they are the most important rights you have. When you control the language, you control the people. If you can't express viewpoints that are contrary to the preferred narrative in Washington, that means you no longer employ Washington. They don't work for you. You now work for them. Okay, and that's the problem right now with them over-policing speech. It's something we were talking about earlier with Neo. Neo pushed back. Okay, you know who else has been heroically pushing back? Somebody like Riley Gaines. It's a female swimmer who swam with Leah Thomas at Penn. And the girls' team were forced to swim with the boys, with a boy, a biological man who was ranked 462nd in the world, switched over to a woman, and joined their team. And all the girls were shamed into shutting up and playing along with it because they were told they were going to be 
you know, bigots. They were going to be transphobes if they didn't do it. So Will Thomas, ranked 462nd as a male, jumps into the pool as a female and is suddenly ranked number one in the country. Okay, so you're talking about improving your standings by 461 positions, which is unheard of in competitive sports. Not to mention that if you're doing this as Will Thomas, you're not only battling your you know fellow swimmers, you're also in that cold pool battling shrinkage. Okay, but here is Greg Abbott yesterday. Okay, aided by Leah Thomas, someone who is finally pushing back and giving biological women a voice in this debate. Not because they're committing transgenocide, not because they want to kill people, but because they have every right to exist themselves. And the only reason some women have played along with the charade that they don't have a right to exist, that men can come in and appropriate their biology, is because their speech rights were denied. They were controlled in the conversation. And we started to advance this farcical narrative, farcical narrative, that there were no biological differences between men and women. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Now think about that. That's Mr. Rogers. He was played by Tom Hanks in a movie recently. Why? Because he wasn't considered a bigoted transphobe for saying the biological truth because there was a time when saying the truth was acceptable. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Think about that. And there was no call to cancel the guy. It wasn't like we've got to get rid of him. He's a monster. It was just Mr. Rogers. You wanted to be his neighbor. Here's Bill Maher asking Riley Gaines about Leah Thomas, clip 45. She is the trans swimmer who beat you? We tied. I did not get beat. Um, I get called. No, beat you in the locker room with her big <laughs> There we go. <laughs> in that <No>. case. <laughs> How big is her <laughs> well, You've I can... seen her right? We all did. Well, how I big mean... is it? I mean, what, what kind of a is it? Describe her Let's see. Um, well, I don't want to well, see it. Well, I just wanted to hear it described. Well, if I had to see it, you have to hear it. First of all, <laughs> this is a six-foot-four man, right? Well, six a trans woman. A male. Okay, this is what she would claim. Um, and she does go through life as a woman, correct? Like A woman with male parts. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so think about that. Okay, that is a biological man, as Austin Powers would say. That's a man, baby. (laughs) And it doesn't mean he doesn't have the right to go do that if that's what he wants to do. But they should be doing it in their own separate category. You dig? Every no one's denying them the right to sports. First of all, if you're a biological man, you have the right to play sports. No one's denying you that you can compete against other biological men. But if you want to insist that you're now a woman, fair, it's America, freedom, then you should just have to compete against other people who feel the same way. That's tolerance. That's inclusion. But again, as we said with Greg Murphy, they're not here for the cause. They're here for control. And by pistol whipping people into giving up their own speech rights, we were able to force society into playing along with a charade where a guy could jump into the pool. A swimmer could win a race, a female swimmer with a rudder.
Got a guest, yep. Got a guest producer in the studio. We love the guy, but he'll he'll he'll, he'll host the show. He'll show you right out of the way. We're coming back from break right now. He's talking about the 2024 election, and uh, we were talking about how the DeSantis campaign is panicking, and now he's firing his staff and he's firing his you know his his campaign manager. And Frank, my man, is like, well, you know, Trump went through a lot of people. Get him out of here. Yeah, Unbelievable, Frank. We still love you. But uh, do they love DeSantis right now? The answer would be no. Okay, listen, the media is really eager to see him fail because they really want this I told you so moment. But DeSantis is playing into the narrative. But these are panic moves, okay? Two weeks, two weeks after his advisors said the campaign manager was safe, there she goes. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. There she went. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.